Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you so much for tuning in to this podcast, Stand Up For The Truth. We appreciate your prayers, your support, and uh, thanks for uh, getting us out there on social media. We're shadow banned. Uh, They don't like the truth, and you are helping, so thank you. I can't wait to get to our guest, Steve Smotherman, today and talk about what's happening in New Mexico. You may be surprised, but probably not. Uh, let's open, as we always do, asking God for help. Father in heaven, thank you so much for this opportunity to bring another voice of truth into the discussion and try to wake up believers and encourage those in the remnant that want to know, that want to know how to respond to what's happening in our culture in our country, as well as in our churches. So, Father, we need wisdom for that. We ask that you'd guide us by your Holy Spirit, help us to test all things, and help us to not back down from the voices of the enemy, the voices that would oppose the gospel and the truth of Jesus Christ. Help us always strive to speak the truth in love, but always speak nonetheless and to stand And we thank you, God, for allowing us to meet people through these podcasts, through the Internet, through other churches that are also willing to lock arms and do battle. Send us more, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, we lift up this time to you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Steve Smotherman is back with us. He's an author, senior pastor, Legacy Church, Albuquerque, New Mexico, what we would consider a patriot pastor. He believes in staying true to God's Word but also refusing to cater to culture, and that means to cancel culture. And, of course, uh, he's on board with us as far as exposing the works of darkness and not participating, but standing against them. And, Steve, thank you so much for being back with us on Stand Up For The Truth. Well, it's an honor to be with you, man. I think what you do is incredible, so thank you for having me. Well, praise God for your voice and your stance. Um, Let's talk about what's happening first at Legacy Church do you, does your congregation know how blessed and spoiled they are? You got Charlie Kirk coming back for a second time in a few weeks. Charlie Kirk's uh, Turning Point USA. Do people really know how fortunate they are to be at Legacy Church? <laughs> you know, hopefully they do. They, um, you know, when he came the last time, it, we, we packed it. It was so it was so good. So he's coming on a, a Wednesday night. We have a normal Wednesday night service. We're going to call it Freedom Square is what he's calling it. So. Uh, we'll do our preliminaries. We'll turn it over to him. He'll answer questions from the audience. It's really a great format, and uh, I think our people do because we. I, I believe he's helping us start a movement in New Mexico um, because you know we're so liberal, we're so blue mm. um, that I think he's helping us start a movement to help people understand uh, the rights and freedoms they're losing, and and it's time to stand up and fight. So. Uh, hopefully we pack the place out, and and he's and he's really a genuinely nice guy too. So yep. he's, I don't I don't know if our church knows how spoiled they are, but <laughs> I, I think they're enjoying um, what he has to say. Good, good, love him, and that's Wednesday, July thirty first at Legacy. You had Danny Goki there recently, uh, flew out from here, out from Wisconsin. Um, what a blessing! And Steve, I just want to ask you before we get into some of our topics today and some recent polls, um, you've. I believe you preached on mental health uh, recently, and I'm, I don't remember the context because I look at a lot of your messages and what you're what you're doing. Um, what led you to talk about that, and uh, just share a little bit about your your thoughts on that? 
Well, we started a series that we just we're just titling um, the the mental check, and um, I just started uh, this weekend talking about it and how you know the Bible says in First Thessalonians we're spirit, soul, and body, hmm. and we know the psychology. Uh, most of the world of psychology doesn't believe in the soul like the Bible talks about, so they medicate. Hmm. They they'll tell you they can't fix anybody, they can't cure anything, and so you know through this season we have found out that that mental health issues are on the rise for even believers that uh, there was a, a, a study done uh, January to June 2019 and about 11% of adults reported symptoms of anxiety or depression and it's, and then you go to December 2020 42% of adults uh, reported symptoms of anxiety and depression wow and I just think it's important for us to understand we are a three-part being and uh, we, we're, we're spirit, we live in a body, and when our body's dead, our spirit goes to heaven or hell, and uh, we possess a soul, which uh, we define, or I've defined, and I've heard it defined in the past as, as our mind, will, and emotions, mm -hmm. and, and I think all three of them need to be healthy for us to be healthy, and so we just decided to kind of help walk people through this, and what was interesting, after the message, I probably got as many comments or texts saying, hey, I needed that, mm. it helps me to understand that I'm not alone, and that we can overcome, uh, you know, we can we can get healthy uh, mentally, emotionally, physically uh, with the Word of God. And so that's we just thought it'd be a good topic based on everything that we've had to deal with in this last year and few months. Yeah, and, and what you said is kind of eye-opening in the fact that more and more people are even in the church. We're human. We're living in this world. We're not of this world, but we're dealing with things that. Are not only that we're disappointed they're happening in our lifetimes, but but Steve, I believe they're happening at a greater speed. The converging events, whether it be a, a tyrannical government to a globalism to threats of uh, false teachings in the church, uh, injustice, all these different things. Pride Month last month we had to deal with, which we'll talk about in a moment. So many things are happening, and Christians need to know how to respond to these things. So I'm thankful that. Uh, you're talking about this and you're helping people because I think a lot of believers need to, to have this encouragement. Well, and, you know, we do. We need to understand that, um, you know, we need to be just real and authentic. And, and, you know, for a lot of us, like yourself, myself, a lot of the patriot pastors, liberty pastors, because there was very few, really, when you look at it, that were up fighting. We were in fight-or-flight mode for over a year. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that just puts a lot of stress on your, your, your mental health, your, you know, your physical health. And, um, and spiritually, if we don't stay prayed up and read our Bibles, it just, you know, I know pastors that have just, you know, had to take some time off because of the fight, flight that they've been in. And, and it does take a toll. And, and just imagine the people with the uncertainty that the government and, and uh, you know, government, especially where I live, uh, created and and the the harshness of it, the meanness and the spirit of it, you know, afraid you're going to get fined. It just it takes a toll, and we need to know that. I and, and I've said this. I'm not a doctor, so I'm not I'm not you know prescribing medicine or telling people not to take their medicine. I'm just saying that God does have an answer for our mental health. Hmm. Amen. And the answer is in His Word, and the Word is true. Uh, Steve, you mentioned Liberty Pastors. Um, that's where I met you last year in Dallas at the uh, Conference for Liberty Pastors. I'll be going to another one in Edmond in just a few weeks here. Uh, Paul Blair, Dan Fisher. Um, I did a podcast recently called Where Are the Watchmen? And the Offensive Tone of Truth. And Paul Blair 
and I think about 10 pastors and religious leaders in Edmond stood up against their city's mayor who issued a pride proclamation for the whole city. And from what I understand, it's a very conservative city. And yet, like many mayors and some governors have done across the country, they're all in with all things LGBTQ. So you had a chance to listen to this. It's just a five-minute video of him in front of the uh, Edmond City Council. And uh, there's an article, Edmond Pastors Take a Stand Against Pro-LGBTQ Proclamation. I would just love to get your thoughts on that. And uh, just whatever, what you heard, I know you love Paul, and we've— uh, been at the conference last year and, and heard his teaching. He's just a great leader, emphasis on leader, and we need more of him, don't we? we absolutely. Paul is a great guy, and he's a fighter, and he believes in our freedom of religion. He believes in the Constitution of the United States, and um, I think I think his stand was was incredible. And I and I I you know encourage more pastors to take those stands in in our communities and. Uh, you know, so really what he did was, was I mean, he was so well-spoken, mm-hmm. uh, so articulate, uh, but so just um, unashamed, if, yes. if you would. He just he just spoke it. He just was very authoritative, uh, very um, strong in his uh, words and his conviction. And I, I just believe we, we do need more people like him that are willing to stand up in front of these people and, and call out evil. It's evil. And and you know these these mayors they they really in my opinion need to be voted out and mm. and here's why because they say well we represent all people well when you did the pride parade a pride whatever a proclamation you didn't represent me that's right so you're representing what less than three percent of our of our country according to the last polls I've ever heard of um, yeah. and 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 ninety seven percent of us we don't we don't count and <laughs> um, you know so when good men do nothing evil prevails and Paul was calling good, good, and evil, evil, and, yep. and I, I just admire him and, and just thank him for doing it. I like the way you put that. Paul was calling good, good, and evil, evil, because Isaiah 520, of course, God warns. He says, woe to those who call evil good and good evil, and Steve, that's what we're seeing throughout our culture today, and the sad thing is believers, a lot of people have fallen for it, and I think people are afraid to speak up because in their—see, here's what's happening. They think it's more popular than it is. Otherwise, how could you explain a mayor or a governor exalting a group that's maybe 3-4% at most of the population when you're ignoring 95 96 97% of your citizens or the population— you must be either deceived or you're thinking the movement has more power than it does, and the media is all in, Hollywood's all in, the public school system's all in, Democrat Party's all in. So we understand that. So I would just love to get your thoughts on this interesting time that we're in where they think that this is uh, more popular than it is because they certainly don't have the numbers, as you just said that they don't. Well, and and those are numbers given by the government, by the way. Um, (laughs) So, you, you know, here's my thought. We've got to go back to when the church quit believing the Bible as a whole. You know, you've got Presbyterians, Methodists, mm. you know, that are putting in, you know, transsexual leaders and, and, and things like that. Mm. And so, and, and the church has lost its power. If you talk about that God's still a healer, he delivers, there's a devil. Um, um, the, church, the church has bought into the culture instead of changing the culture. Ooh, and good. and this movement of the homosexual movement that, that people need to understand is that 
um, God's word says it, those who practice it and those who applaud it and 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 embrace it and 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 push it, they're they're just as guilty and they're turned over to a reprobate mind, which is a mind that doesn't know right from wrong or good from evil, and 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 there's no wrong or right. There's just what it is, and so. You know, that movement cannot produce, so it has to recruit. Hmm. So they have the greatest marketing plan yeah. uh, to, to turn 3% uh, to, to a, a way of living that, that the government has embraced and people are telling us we have to endorse it and we, we can't say anything against it. Um, and, and so they can't reproduce, so they have to recruit. And so what are they doing? They're recruiting our children. Yes, and and we as adults we, we're supposed to be protecting them, and um, and we're not. And and the church has lost its savor. It's lost its flavor. It's lost its saltiness. Mm. And we you know salt when you put in a wound stings. And and we we there's so many people that have lost the power of God that God can do anything. We don't even understand salvation. I don't believe properly mm. that. You know, the Bible says if you confess him as Lord, then you will be saved. What we want is salvation without lordship, and the Bible says there's no such thing. Mm. Either you submit to his ways and, and, and purpose to live God's ways. I think you spoke about it a little earlier, that we, we, we've we missed the mark, and so we're supposed to change the culture, not embrace it. Mm. And and when we stand against it, sure, we're going to be attacked. Sure we are. Yeah. Jesus, Jesus said it. You know, if you, they hated me, they're going to hate you. But we don't want to be hated. We want to be liked. And so what yep. do we do? We cow down, and then, then our gospel means nothing. There is no, there's no difference. So what, what does it matter if I go or not go? And, um, you know, we don't even believe, that most of the church doesn't even believe there's a devil out there. And I'm like, well, what Bible are you reading? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, my granddaughter said to me the other day, said, Papa, do you know there's a Queen James Version now? And I said, what? Oh, Mom, are you serious? I don't know if you've heard of it. I, I was shocked. This is my granddaughter saying, yeah, there's a Queen James Version, and they take out anything to talk about homosexuality and anything to talk about masculinity. And I'm like, this, this, is, this is the church's issue. And, and, and people like Paul Blair that you're speaking of, Liberty Pastors, Patriot Pastors, Man, thank God for a few of us that are willing to stand mm. up and say the gospel is the gospel, and I'm not ashamed of it. Mm. Our guest is Steve Smotherman, Legacy Church, Albuquerque, New Mexico. You alluded to several scriptures there. I think of Romans 12, 2, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that's what's happening, Steve. As you said, too many churches, half of denominations, if not more, are conforming to the world because they want to be liked they want to be popular. They, they want to have their best life now, I guess. But that's not what Jesus preached. Jesus said there would be a cost. You will be hated. And he said, deny yourself. But we're, we're just really not doing that. So we're trying to get the word out to people, um, the true gospel that, that you preach, the whole counsel of God. And it's not, you're right, it's not going to be popular. Uh, Galatians 1.10 Paul says, For am I now seeking the favor of people or of God? Am I striving to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. Steve, uh, we just have a few more minutes in this segment, and you, you brought up something to me. I think we weren't going to go here, but we have a few minutes. I would like to touch on it. And the direction of the church, what do you see as a solution, other than our individual responsibilities to get into the Word of God and get equipped but we know a lot of pastors throughout the country, they're not really equipping the saints to fight, 
to stand for the works of ministry. We are leaning toward conforming to the world. What do you see as maybe a solution or, or more, maybe thoughts that I haven't come up with? Well, I think it's the boldness of uh, pastors like Paul Blair and you know Dr. Scarborough that he works with a lot. And this, it's just it's just the boldness to we've got to be more bold in proclaiming the truth unashamedly, unabashedly. We need to just this is what the Bible says. If you don't like it, fine. And we can't cater to people. So I don't know what the full solution is, other than that um, men and women uh, would. Pray, mm. seek God's face, repent of their sins, and come back to God and say, God, you know, we're going to do it your way. And um, we're not going to, your ways are higher than our ways, your thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And, and I think the solution is for the pastors that are believing God still and standing. You know, it's like Elijah when he, you know, did all this stuff and killed the prophets of Baal and Jezebel threatened him and he ran off and he hid and he said, I'm the only one. And God said, ah, Elijah, you're thinking wrong. Your thinking's distorted. You, there's 7,000 that haven't bowed their knee to Baal. And, and I think what we need to do is we need to uh, cross denominational lines. I mean, mm-hmm. if it, Paul Blair's a Baptist. I'm a full gospel guy. We need to put some of that stuff aside and say, but we all believe the counsel of God, the Word of God. Mm-hmm. And we all need to stand uh, together and fight together instead yes. of... Always separating. I think that's one solution. And then the churches who are not with us, the churches who are against us, we need to just we need to just discount them and say, you know what, you're you're not the church of the Lord Jesus. You're a church of 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 wor- pagan worship or whatever you're worshiping. But the church of the Lord Jesus is going this way, and and we we believe in the word of the whole counsel of God. And I I think that is one solution. And I think that's happening. You know, with different groups coming together, you know, <laughs> that would that would never come together, but we have a common cause that the Word of God has to go for. Amen. And one of the, the common causes is we are losing this republic under God, and the left has influence in every major institution. What is the Church going to do about it? We've, we've got to have uh, other believers and other denominations work together with us, those of us who want to try to preserve this nation. And um, I think more people are waking up to that. I know you're in a very blue state, Steve, and we just have a minute and a half here, but we're in a very, you're in a very blue state. I'm in a blue state too. What am I talking about? But maybe not as blue, maybe a little purple. But um, do you see more denominations and other churches willing to maybe get into this fight? Or what are you perceiving there in New Mexico? You know, I, I'm not. I mean, there are some good churches. I'm sitting here in Roswell, New Mexico today. I preached for my brother last night, and he's a patriot pastor. He, he's he got a great church here in Roswell, America. I call it that, the <laughs> alien capital of the world. And uh, he, um, you know, so um, I, I, I think I think that we, um, we're seeing um, uh, people really uh, come together. But, but as far as our state goes, most churches have faltered in in our state in mm-hmm. our the city of Albuquerque where I live. They just they just don't want to engage. They're afraid to, and you know they'll say they're afraid to lose people. And I'm like, well, you know they're they're not God's people. They're 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 you haven't equipped them. You you've taught them a false gospel, and so but they need to hear the truth. And what is it the Bible says that in the last days people will heap up teachers having itching ears, teacher after teacher after teacher. Um, because the people have itching ears. They just want to hear certain things. And so, you know, there's a few of us fighting here, um, but not many of us. 
Well, praise God for you and your brother. And uh, interesting, when we come back from our break, we're going to talk about a new poll. This is astounding to most of people I know, I think. More than 25% of churchgoers still do not plan to return to in-person church services yet. And you would think that was from six months ago. This just came out last week. And another poll, we've got some good news on religious freedom. We'll talk about that and more with Pastor Steve Smotherman when we come back on Stand Up For The Truth. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. We're back with Pastor Steve Smotherman, Legacy Church in New Mexico, one of the Patriot Pastors. We love having him on. And Steve, the poll that came out, I had to look twice at the date. I would have thought this was a year ago, maybe, but it says more than 25% of churchgoers do not plan to return to in-person services yet. To me, it's a head-scratcher. It's technically 27%, and a lot of churches lost steam last year when they shut down. I know yours was one that that got back up going right right away. A lot of them did, but most churches, I think, um, just played it safe. I'd love to get your thoughts on this um, kind of disappointing poll. These are people that don't want to get back to in-person church services. Well, it just goes to the fact that we're not, um, the leaders, uh, pastors aren't equipping the saints to do the work of the ministry, that how do you reach people from your home? How do mm. you touch lives from your home? How do you engage the lost from your home? And um, and, it, and it's, it's really a sad state of affairs. And um, and, and I, I, I'm not surprised by it. You know, mm. I had a friend tell me he thought it would be a 60-20-20. He said 60% return 20% will stay online, and 20% will never, ever come back. Mm. And, and these churches who stayed closed so long, you know, they're, they're even preaching a new gospel. Like, I think this is the wave of the future. So the wave of the future is that we violate the Word of God and not gather together. And, and I, I think it's a really uh, sad indictment on how really, and I want to use this term, how sick the church overall is. Not everybody, but how, how people view the kingdom, yes. how people view the church that Jesus died for, how they view serving and helping. You know, when for years, you know, churches reported 20% of the people did, did everything. You know, only 20% of the people would tithe, only 20% of the people would serve, and, and, and 20% of the people attended church, you know, regularly all the time. And, and we've just gotten away from that. So church um, as a whole... And I think it's because the church hasn't stood for much overall. Mm. You know, we've got certain leaders that were the leaders of yesterday that won't be the leaders of tomorrow mm. that faltered through this thing. And, you know, so when our governor opened us to 100% um, this this past May, uh, right before, by the way, we went to the Tenth Circuit Court of Appeals, she opened us up 100% for churches. I got up from my congregation and I said, listen, did you hear the governor open us up 100%? And they all cheered. And I said, no, 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 don't cheer. I have a word for the governor. You don't have the authority to open us or close us. Thank I've been you. open up 100% since last May. Thank you. So, so you know, but that's the stand. What, hey, when we really don't believe what we say we believe, why would anybody else? Hmm. And I wow. think that's a real um, sad thing for those people that say, Jesus is my Lord, but I don't want to do what he asks. Hmm. It's convicting, but I think that needs to be said. Uh, and it's it's just amazing. The, the government, different leaders had the audacity 
they thought they had the power to close down the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ in America. And what label did they give us last year, Steve? And I wrote about this in my book, non-essential. And we're saying, no, the church is essential, but then we're looking at the fruit of the church, and we're going, well, I guess they didn't take us seriously because we didn't produce uh, fruit. Um, and I, I just want to thank you also for your kind words about the book. You, you made the back cover, brother. Uh, <laughs> thank you for, for your endorsement. But It's a great book. People should get it. Thank you. Uh, when people were saying the church is not essential, that to me, and I know to you as well, was an eye-opener. We were thinking, wait a minute. This church, the Church of Jesus Christ, has done so much for the entire world and America, our, whether it be our Constitution, what, what a great document, and the religious freedoms that we have, and the, from charities to, to helping the needy, the poor, going way back, the abolition of slavery, uh, uh, the pro-life stance, saving lives. The, the work that the Church of Jesus Christ has done, I know I'm getting going here, I'm getting too passionate about this, but you're the guest. I want you to share your thoughts on that, that process of when we were first deemed non-essential, and now this poll comes out, and over a quarter of people don't want to go back to services. Uh, we are essential. We've got to get back to proving that, don't we? Well, we do, and, and you know, the whole premise was we want to keep you safe. Well, you know, I, I don't know that I can keep myself safe. I believe God can keep me safe, you know, and, it, and you, you had a better chance of, of dying driving your car across town than you did going to church and catching COVID. And <laughs> and that was the big thing. We're just trying to keep you safe. And I'm like, you don't have the authority or the power to keep me safe. Mm. You know, someone asked me, David, what um, when did the fight start? When did I know I was in a fight? And I said, day one. And they said, how come? Because I said, our governor got up and said, don't go to neighborhood association meetings and don't go to churches. Wow. And I was like, what did she just say? Wow. <laughs> she just attacked the church. And so from day one, we were fighting. And mm. um, and I, you know, it's just a, it's a sad, you, you know, the church people, you know, we have to be discerning. And and to me, it was like, wait a minute, you you're telling me you're going to keep me safe and that we're super spreaders and we're not important. Um, and, and you know what? And if we believe we're not important, then we close our doors. If we believe we are important. We, we, because what we're doing is so important for the community that we live in, then we'll never close our doors. And so it goes back to really the church. You know, my mom and my, who's 86 years old and is a patriot. Mm -hmm. My dad was in the military and my wife had told me over and over again, if all the churches and all the businesses would just stood up against this, mm -hmm. what, what could the government have done? Yep. But when you can conquer and divide, mm. a house divided won't won't stand. And we, you know, the, the government did a great job as, at dividing the church. And and then we wonder why people are like, well, I don't, why do I need to go back? I'll just stay at home and watch it like I watch a TV program. Yeah. But but it's like it's like talking about a fire and actually being in a fire. Mm. That's the difference. It's like, yeah, there was a fire. Yeah, I was in the fire. There's a whole different thing. And that's why church attendance is so important. And I think the church is to blame. I mean, I'm not blaming the lost of the world. I'm blaming that the church has become so worldly, mm -hmm. so ungodly as a whole, that, that we, we, we don't espouse the Word of God like we should. Jesus is either Lord of all or He's not Lord at all. And if He's Lord, we're going to take the consequences. You want to throw me in jail? Throw me in jail. But you're mm -hmm. not going to tell me to not serve God Amen. the way I know to serve God.
Praise God. And, for, and, and that's what I believe happened. Yeah, for what you just said, Steve. I, I hope and pray that when, if and when we are confronted with a situation like that, we would take a stand for Christ and say, if you need to arrest me, arrest me, but I'm not going to back down from my faith and, uh, and the gospel. Um, Stephen, there is some good news in, in, from what I've seen as far as the remnant. There are less people maybe going to churches. Church membership has dropped under 50% for, I think, the first time in history. But the people that are going, I call them the bold remnant of true believers. It seems like the remnant are getting stronger, and they're more determined to stand. Are you seeing that as far as the the... I would maybe call it the minority, but I, I like using the word remnant. It seems like, the, I mean, even the listeners to this podcast, we've lost some people, but the people that have hung on are even more committed. Our donations have gone up, in, even last year in the year of COVID, because those who are he- still here, the remnant, are more invested and determined to stand. Have you seen that? Absolutely. You know, our church has grown. Our finances are up. Every church that I've talked to, David, over the last year that took the stand that you took and that we've took, taken, every one of them report the same thing. Praise our God. Our is great. Our money's up. More people are getting saved than ever before, um, you know, but they're getting saved the right way. They, they, they know what they're getting involved in, and it's not, you're not having to trick them. Um, you know, like a lot of the uh, Baptist churches around Albuquerque, they won't even call themselves a Baptist church because they said over a third of the people won't ever come. I'm like, well, I'm glad I don't have to, to see people to come to our church. You know, you just, wow. you got to be who you are. Wow. And and so everybody I know, and like you just said, are doing better. Yeah, we've lost a few people, but we've gained Amen. Uh, so much more and so many more people. And, and you know, we had 2,500 people born again during the COVID year hmm. that we stayed open. What it, does those 2,500 people not matter? I mean, they would have never met Christ probably had it not been that we opened our doors. Yep. And so we, we just got to get back to the fundamentals of serving God. It's about, it's about what He wants us to do. So yeah, I've seen it. It's, it's awesome. Praise God. Those people are stiff and they're strengthened. Yep. They're, they're walking in courage. And, and, and you know, it's going to make a difference because when other people look and they're going to say, I got to get in there or I'm going to miss heaven. I mean, what does the Bible say? Broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many thereof find it. Narrow is the way that leads to eternal life, and very few find that way. Amen. And so, man, we're part of the few, the proud, the strong. I just want to go to heaven. <laughs> you almost did. A, you're almost on your way doing a promo for the Marines there, and then it ended up to be for the soldiers of Christ, the few, the remnant, the proud, and the strong. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Steve, there is some good news in a, in a different poll that has come out recently about religious freedom. And boy, have we seen an increase, probably because of the government's um, restrictions last year and what's still going on. More people are fighting for religious freedom. 82% of Americans say freedom of religion is important to healthy American society. But listen to this, only 20% of Americans say churches and faith-based charities should be required by law to hire people who oppose their religious beliefs, like the Equality Act would do, make forced Christian churches and organizations and employers to hire anybody, even if they didn't agree with the mission statement or the church. But the good news, 82% of Americans seem to back the Constitution, and uh, so that's good news, at least on that front, isn't it? 
Oh, it's incredible news. And, you know, it goes to show you the devil always overplays his hand. <laughs> yep. And and these guys have overplayed their hand, and people are like, hey, we we have to have the right to believe what we want to believe. And and we know that's the very beginning of the First uh, uh, Amendment in the Constitution, mm. is freedom of religion, not freedom of speech, not freedom of the press, freedom of religion. Mm. And without that, the, you know, without freedom of religion, there can be no republic that we have. There can be no... Uh, democracy that we live in there could be they can't they can't sustain it without it and so only freedom of religion allows the freedoms that we have in america and um and so man i'm i'm a good that's that is good news yes. out of all this bad news that's great news actually yep. it is and i just want to get your response to a quote in this um uh, article press release um dr jeff myers of summit ministries in colorado said this research affirms that the American people overwhelmingly support the continued protection of the constitutional right of freedom of religion and oppose, the majority oppose policies requiring churches and faith-based charities and organizations to compromise their deeply held religious beliefs. Yet, here's the truth bomb, leaders in Washington, D.C. are aggressively pushing forward on legislative measures such as the mislabeled Equality Act, which specifically strips away religious freedom protections. Steve, the left does not give up. One thing I give them credit for, they do not relent in their forcing of change and their godlessness and their pushing perverse agendas. They are committed, and if the church had been just as passionate about the gospel and things of God— we might not even be having some of these discussions on the so-called Equity Act, Equality Act, and others, right? Uh, I agree. And, you know, it goes back to what I say. When you, when you embrace ungodliness in Romans 1, and, you, and God said, I'll turn you over to a reprobate mind, which is a mind that doesn't know wrong from right. And, I mean, everything's right. There's no wrong. There's no evil. Um, that's, that's just their nature. Mm-hmm. And so when people say, well, they're Christians, well, no, a Christian is one who produces fruit. I mean, God's made that very clear. And see, that's why we got to come back to the Scriptures. Not everybody that says there's a Christian is a Christian. And if you're a Christian and you embrace ungodly um, uh, things and uh, this, this equality act, which is so evil, mm-hmm. um, you cannot be a believer in, the, in Christ, a follower and that's why, you know, a lot of times I'll say I don't even like to use the word Christian anymore because it's so watered down. Yep. I like to use what the Bible says. Jesus said, are you a believer or a follower of Christ? And, 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 and if you're a follower, there has to be fruit. And these people, uh, you know, they're, they're just, they're, they're base. They're, they're reprobate. They, they have ungodly minds. And so their father is the devil. And that's all. I mean, I don't know how we can say it any different. And, um, and they're following um, him. And and when we're following God, we, we oppose those things naturally. It's a natural instinct to say, you can't tell me to hire someone that doesn't believe in what I believe in. Hmm. You know, hire a transsexual or a homosexual. I'm not going to do it. Wow. And even if they passed it, I wouldn't do it. Yeah. And, um, and even if I had to tell people, work from home, we're not going to hire any of these people anymore. So, um, and so they just don't know. And so it's, it's, it's our job as the church. So I'm going to turn this a little bit. Our job as the church is to reach those people, but we can never reach them with compromise. And that's why I can't stand Washington, D.C., all these people we put up that are so-called conservatives and believe in God. All they do is go up there and compromise their beliefs. When you truly have a belief in Christ, you don't ever compromise that. Amen. 
And uh, yeah, you, what you said is very important. Our job, our hope, our great commission is to reach these people with the gospel, but we do not compromise. Steve, I want to get your take on this. People throw around this saying that, well, Jesus hung around with sinners, and that's a lie. There's a difference between having a meal at a tax collector's house or ministering to sinners uh, and hanging around with them as far as a, a lifestyle or approving of sin. Please clarify that for the, those that have heard that expression and want to know how to respond. Well, I mean, Jesus was, he came to reach and save the lost. He said, I didn't come for those that, that, that had no need of a physician. I came for those who need a physician. And and so how is he going to reach the lost unless he went around them to reach them? <laughs> but but they, didn't, they, didn't, they didn't live with him. The 12 disciples lived with him. Hmm. They're the ones that traveled with him and went everywhere with him. Yes. He would reach them. He would go in and touch their lives with the gospel. But they didn't, they, he didn't compromise anything. He wasn't like, you know, he, he's a friend of the sinner because he wants to reach them. What, what, what our culture is saying, we need to be like them. And wow. Jesus never compromised. He told them the truth. I mean, Zacchaeus, when he met Jesus, he changed his whole life. And, um, and so that's the difference. So people that say things that are not biblical, well, he, he hung around them. No, he was reaching them. There's a difference between you and I hanging out and going to eat and just doing everything and you reaching me. Hmm. You're around me to reach me with the gospel. And that's the difference. Amen. Um, yeah, and I know people, they use that to justify, or the, here's the, usually their argument when they say, well, Jesus hung around with sinners. They're saying, don't judge sin. That's what they're saying. They're taking Matthew 1 completely out of context, judge ye not, and they're saying, well, Jesus hung around with, with sinners, judge ye not. But for one example, didn't he say to the, to the woman, go and sin no more? So. <laughs> Well, they, th- that scripture of judge not should be judged, <laughs> if we would ever read it, he says, pull the beam out of your eye before you to- pull the toothpick out of somebody else's <laughs> eye. So here's how I explain it. If I'm a drunk and you're a drunk, and I'm telling you as a drunk not to drink, that, that's what he's saying. But if I've cleaned my life up, now I've pulled the beam out of mine. Now I can help you pull the toothpick out of yours. Mm-hmm. Hey, Dave, you need to clean your life up. And, mm-hmm. and, that's, and so this judge, God's already judged all this stuff. We're just in agreement with him, and so it bugs me when Christians say, who are you to judge me? Well, God said that I can judge your fruit, I can judge your actions, I can judge your whole being. So if you don't walk like a Christian or believer and talk like a believer and, and, and you know, act like a believer, then guess what? You're not a believer. Mm, amen. But, but we don't ever want to go there because we're saying only God can judge us. Yeah, he already did. He already told me that behavior's wrong, so I've stopped it in my life. Now I'm letting you know if you don't stop it in yours, you could die and miss heaven. Amen. You know, here's the script, Matthew 18, I mean Matthew 28, it says, you know, uh, in 18 through 20, it says, Go and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Mm. That's discipleship. And what we want to do is tell people, well, if you come to Christ, he'll make your life all better. Uh, that's not necessarily true. He'll make you better because you have eternal life, but you may have to go through some horrific stuff in this life. Mm. And, and we, we, but we, it doesn't matter what you go through. You need, to, you need to do the Word. You need to do what he asks and what he commands. And, and what, what we want to tell people, they can just 
say a prayer and go about their life. And that's where the fallacy comes in. Yep. So the judge not thing, I mean, if anybody had ever read it, he, and, and, then, and then he said, if you don't bear fruit, I'll cut you off. And, and if you don't bear fruit, stay away from those people. And I'm like, well, okay, how are we, we going to know if they bear fruit if we don't judge them? You exactly. Know, I can look at an apple tree, and I can judge that's an apple tree. <laughs> but what the Christian world wants to do is say, no, that's an that's a orange tree. And I said, no, it looks like an apple. It's an apple tree. And it's like the apple screaming at me and say, who are you to judge me? I'm an orange. <laughs> It just makes no sense. No, some people say, hey, don't. We, why do we even have to designate what kind of tree it is in the first place? Because Jesus said you will know them by their fruit. Hey, we're with Pastor Steve Smotherman. We've got to take another break. When we come back, another poll, and now we're going to the downside. Uh, polls uh, have found out only a third of young adults are proud to be an American. We talked about this last week a little bit, but I want to know what Steve thinks about this when we come back on Stand Up For The Truth. Keep it right here. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. We're back with Pastor Steve Smotherman, Legacy Church, Albuquerque, New Mexico, a patriot pastor, and um, we are talking now about different polls that have come out, and some polls are not accurate. We understand that. But this one goes along with really outcome-based education in the uh, Antichrist uh, government-run system that we have in America, unfortunately. This poll finds that only a third of young adults, meaning between the ages of 18 and 24, only a third are proud to be American. And Steve, this just came out, I think, the day after the 4th of July. Disappointing, but we understand if kids are being told their country is either evil, the Constitution is flawed, the founders were all slave owners, or that we are a racist nation and intolerant or whatever. They're told in, in the public schools, they hear it from the media, they hear it from Hollywood. How are, of course, they're going to be uh, ashamed of their country, aren't they? Well, you know, the Marxists uh, in America have done a good job at destroying the family. Mm. And, you know, I grew up with a dad that was in the military for 24 years, served in Korea and Vietnam. He wasn't a Christian till the end of his life, um, but he, he loved America. He was a patriot. And so we were taught, when, when I went to school, you know, they taught us the separation of powers. They taught us the Gettysburg Address. They taught us the Constitution. They taught us that America was the greatest country in all the world, and I believe it. Mm. But now we have the, the leftists the liberals, the ungodly, ruling and reigning in our school system, and they're indoctrinating our children to make America evil, and that's all they hear. We're evil, we're evil, we're evil, yep. and yet these kids are believing it with no evidence. There's no evidence. They're just making statements, mm -hmm. um, and they're, they're, it's revisionist history that, that's happening, and it's so sick and sad, and and, and these kids are being you know misinformed because if we're so evil, why does everybody want to come into our country? We do have flaws, and we've made mistakes as a nation, but this is the greatest nation in the world has ever known Amen. and will ever know. Amen. And God took people from all walks of life, every nationality, said, I'm going to make one nation under God. And, mm -hmm. and you know, so he brought all the different groups, the, the Asians, the uh, English, the, the Spaniards, the, the Mexicans, the, the, what you name it, he brought them. He brought them here, the Filipinos, the Indian people from India. He, he brought them here and said, we're going to be one nation under God. And, and, and it's so sad that we 
the people have not rose up to kick out all these liberal school boards and Amen. these superintendents and these principals and said, you'll stop indoctrinating our children. We want you to educate them. Amen. Educate, key word. Uh, they are definitely uh, filling them with uh, lies, propaganda, anti-American views. As Ben Shapiro recently said, they're creating anti-citizens. Um, Steve, uh, the good news in that is 80 per- 86% of senior citizens are proud of their country. 75% of middle-aged Americans b- between 45 and 64 are proud of the country. But boy, the young people, the young generation, they're growing up. They're going to be uh, leaders and business owners and involved in government. Um, here's some of the fruit. We talked about fruit in the last segment. Some of the fruit, I should say rotten fruit of the education system, is what we saw last year when teachers and even some were arrested taking down and, and encouraging the removal of uh, historic monuments and statues of our founders and past presidents in America during the uh, summer of rioting in America, which was going on. Teachers, a lot of were involved in that. We documented that. It's an unfortunate. But these college professors were out there saying, yeah, go riot, go tear down these statues of our racist history. So we see that as far, part of the fruit. We also see kids' reactions about sports over in the Olympics. We're seeing athletes. One of them had a black T-shirt that said activist athlete. She turned her back on the American flag at the Olympic trials because the national anthem was playing when first and second place winners were facing the flag hand on their heart. But Steve, this is what we're seeing because they're being actually have a very good story after this. They are being indoctrinated and they're being sold on the type of country America is. I want to get your response to these athletes that are, that think they should be out there protesting the country they represent in the Olympics. Well, I mean, first of all, I would say they should be kicked off the American team. If you're if you're not proud of America, then you don't get to represent America. And if you think America is evil, why do you want to even run for America? Go mm-hmm. run for another country. Go do go somewhere else and be an activist. And, mm-hmm. and I don't know why, you know. And and I I mean, I like athletics. I like sports, but but I like watching their abilities on a football field or a baseball field. I don't necessarily want to hear what they have to say. <laughs> they're, they're entertainers. Yep. Um, and not that they don't have a say, but, but the, you know, because in America we have freedom of speech, but um, these athletes should be dealt with in the manner um, that, um, that um, with, with taking responsibility for their actions. If you want to turn your back to the American flag, the country you're representing, mm. then you no longer get to represent this country. And, and that's exactly what should happen. The Olympic Committee Amen. should say, you have violated America and what we stand for. And if you don't agree with it, you do that on your private thing. You don't do that in a public setting, representing the Stars and Stripes. And I, I think they should be removed immediately without any hesitation. Yeah. Like, you're done. You don't get to run. If they had the courage, they would do that. I want to get your take on this contrast where several women on the U.S. soccer team last week, turned away from the U.S. flag as a 98-year-old World War II veteran played the national anthem on his harmonica. And several women turned their back uh, from the flag and disrespected the national anthem. Now, that's one example. Now, here's another example. And her name is Sydney McLaughlin. She set a new world record for the 400 meters, I think, uh, women's hurdles. And she said this, 
I no longer run for self-recognition, but to reflect God's perfect will that is already set in stone. I don't deserve anything, but by grace through faith, Jesus has given me everything. And then she said this. She just set a world record, Steve. She said this, records come and go. The glory of God is eternal. Thank you, Father. Her name is Sydney McLaughlin. So contrast someone like that representing America with those on the U.S. soccer team who some of them are admitted lesbians turning away from the U.S. flag. Yeah, you know, and it's sad. Why don't you move from our country? But the young lady who uh, who spoke of God's glory, you mm. know what? That that's that's what's encouraging. That there yes. are still, and I think you brought up a remnant. Mm-hmm. Of believers out there that'll that'll be believers in the public arena and the private arena, and and men, I salute her and and the two that turn their back. You know the devil has no respect for anything, and what people need to realize is that homosexuality, lesbianism, those that's that's demonic. Mm-hmm. You, you've you've taken that what God made and 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 said I'm going to make myself. God doesn't get to make me, and and isn't it funny that. The, the, the most disrespectful group of people on the planet are, are the ungodly mm. and, and, um, and the ones that um, fight for a, a, something that's, that's wrong. And, and they'll turn their back. They can't even show enough regard or respect for this person playing the national anthem on the harmonica yep. and, just, and just respecting the individual. And, and, and they, you know, it's just, it's just a really a blight in our community. But... Again, I go back to the church. We, we need to take strong stands against this. But people go to church today and say, I don't want to hear it. Well, what do you want to hear? Hmm. You know, I say that to people all the time. Good question. Um, what do you want to hear? Well, I don't think it's right that you bring up politics. Well, 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 politics are affecting our lives. Yes. How are we to engage the political realm if we don't know how? Amen. And, and it's like we want to close our ears. And I think what the church needs to hear and Christians, we need to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Hmm. And we have to be well-educated and well-versed. That's why I love you and Charlie Kirk. You guys, you guys are so well-versed and so articulate in, in, in how you, uh, you know, put the Word of God first and, and then bring up the subjects and say, this is how we apply the Word. Yeah. Um, how can you apply something that, you, that, that's not been taught? Amen. Again, it goes back to pastors equipping the saints for ministry. Ephesians 4, it's one of the jobs of pastor-teachers, um, and a lot of this, Steve, it does go back to education. I think we've got a theme here as far as young people being told to hate their country, not being proud of their country. They're, we're raising up a generation. And Abraham Lincoln once said the philosophy in the, in the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next generation. And we've not only forgotten the living God that shed his grace on America, but we've also forgotten our true history and it makes you wonder if this is all by design. And it is. It's by design. But President Ronald Reagan, he was concerned about this in the 1980s. And I want to share a quote and get your response, Steve. I know you're going to shout amen probably. But he said, children must be taught at home and in school what America is and how special our freedoms are. He said this, quote, if we forget what we did, meaning as a nation, we, we won't know who we are. I'm warning of an eradication of the American memory that could result ultimately in the erosion of the American spirit. Let's start with some basics, more attention to American history, end quote. And that was in the 1980s when he knew 
the left was hijacking government education and, and putting in these philosophies like socialism and other things. And Steve, boy, we need more Ronald Reagans today in government, but also some pastors that aren't putting the label of, quote, political issue on things such as abortion, marriage, socialism, things like that. Your thoughts on this? Well, I, I agree with um, when we, when you know, our history is our history, good and bad. Mm-hmm. And um, just because you want to pull down statutes and say it didn't exist, it does exist. And we have a good history and we have some bad history, but who doesn't in your own personal life? That's right. I mean, there's some things I truly regret. And I, I you know, Ronald Reagan had the foresight to see this was coming. Mm. And again, the church didn't have ears to hear. If you remember Jerry Farwell with the Moral Majority, yep. the, 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 the public arena, the, the politicians were afraid when they got involved. I mean, they, they really, they did have a respect for them. Now when the church gets involved and says, who cares, man, you, you'll, you'll be fly by night. You don't even believe what you say you believe. Mm. And, and that's where the church has to rise up. We've got to get pastors who believe like you're talking about, and the Paul Blairs and the Dr. Scarboroughs and the uh, Rob McCoys and the Charlie Kirks and, and, and other pastors I know. Jurgen Matisius is in San Diego who fought through this thing. Mm. Diego Mesa in California. And we've got to get together and say, you know what? We're going to fight this cause together. Amen. And um, because in, in numbers make a difference. And, and these churches that I just mentioned represent hundreds of thousands of people. And, um, and we have to get our voice heard in the public arena. But that's only going to happen if we, if we truly believe in the scriptures and the Bible and the God of the Bible. Amen. And, um, and, and the, 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 the politicians, politicians need to fear us. They need to respect us. When we come around, they're like, oh, here we go. But now they don't. They just cast us off and said, yeah. you know what? We, we called a pandemic, and um, you guys faltered. You, you couldn't take a punch. Mm. And, um, and, and yet there was pastors that did, and we became the odd ones. You know, that's yeah. what's strange, right? Yes. Well, I can't believe your church is open. Well, why not? Your church should be open. No, we're, we're keeping our people safe. Well, I didn't know that was part of my job description in the Bible. <laughs> I mean, you've said it two or three times. We're to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. My job is not to keep you safe. Mm-hmm. That's not my job. Some, you know, I'm having a trouble keeping myself safe. <laughs> Something you said, and I think I quoted you actually in my book talking about this issue when we we're shutting down churches. You said something like a video, YouTube video or a sermon. It's, it can be a tool used for good, but it certainly is absolutely no comparison to actually meeting together. It's not a substitute for the saints assembling together and, and the, the, the body of Christ coming together in person to, to pray, to hear God's word, to lay hands on people, to, to minister. And um, I, I think you said that very well. Steve, we've got to uh, wrap it up here, but I think in New Mexico, this is just my take from an outsider looking at your church going, man, I think one reason your church is flourishing is because that's a dark area, and you are one of the lights in that area, the light of Christ. So may you guys continue to to shine your light in that dark part of the country, and God bless you for the stands you take. Um, thanks for being with us again today. Well, thank you for having me, man. I, again, I think you're awesome. I hope people keep supporting you and buying your book. I, I, just, I just salute uh, men like yourself who really believe in God and the Word of God and this country that uh, was founded on the principles of the Word. And so thank you for what you do. Thank you for having me. I'm so honored.
Oh, may Christ be praised. Uh, Steve Smotherman, Legacy Church, Albuquerque, New Mexico. When we come back, we'll let you know who our guests are the rest of the week. Stand Up for the Truth, a ministry of Lakeshore Communications Incorporated. Keep the discussion going on social media. Stand Up WI on Facebook and Twitter. Now we wrap up today's Stand Up for the Truth. Tomorrow, Carl Kirby of Reasons for Hope Ministries will be back with us also Friday, uh, Dr. Ray Rhodes. So we're thankful for all the guests we have. What a blessing. You can email us, comments at standupforthetruth.com with any suggestions or comments. And we thank you again. God bless you. And as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.